Hello, everybody. My name is Nkozi Kennedy. Also on this podcast is my man, John Moore. You want to say hi, John? Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. All right. And this is the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. This is episode four. So if you weren't with us the first three episodes, I'll sum it up for you real quick. You see, me and John, we talk about a couple of things. But the main things we talk about are food, and we also talk about pop culture, stuff that we find interesting throughout, you know. So the big thing that we love to talk about is New York City food. And I do not have a better connoisseur of that than my man John Moore here, who runs his own food blog. Yes. So, without further ado, John, take it away. I know you have a couple of places and a couple of spots that you want to talk about with the people. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, this Thursday, congratulations and big ups to all my Bills fans over um, the win over Los Angeles Rams. Eh. Uh, Huh? It wasn't that big of a win. Okay, okay. okay I mean, yeah. it was it was a big win, but also I don't really count much early season NFL stuff. Duly noted. Uh, also, so I had a very fun time che- checking out these restaurants, good sports bars, and... These are Bills Bars for all my Bills fans out there. These are Bills Bars, by the way. The first restaurant I got the opportunity of sharing with my right-hand man here, Mr. Kennedy, we went to Don and John's. Now, Don and John's is located 439 3rd Avenue on 33rd Street. Really not hard to miss. Um, really good restaurant, I gotta say, really good restaurant. They used to have two locations. One was down in Lower East Side in Soho, but that spot, that um location closed. And the one location that they have now is on Thirty Third Street and Third Avenue. Don John's is a very good restaurant. Um, it's a Bill's restaurant. They have. Very, I have to say, the wings there are on point. Now, if you want, one thing that stands out with Don John's amongst other spot, you know, sports bars I've gone to that done wings is their homemade secret sauce. Well, it's not secret sauce, but it's their homemade sauce, homemade sauce real good and it is spicy so if you can't handle spice well this is this sauce is definitely something don't touch because i do not want you hurt but for all my spice kind of sauce definitely ask for that but you have to get there like a certain time because a lot of people it's very it's a very popular sauce and it does run out it does run out. I 
I should know. Yeah. You remember when I was there when we were there? I do right, remember. That. Yeah, that was huh? that was a that was a pretty fun time because yes. you took me there. Uh, yep. Quick thing, I literally until this podcast, I thought the spot's name was Don Johns. I didn't know it was Don and John's wings. Because you tell me we're going to Don John's. And I'm like, okay, the place is called Don John's, kind of like Don Juan or something like that. I did not realize until we got there that it wasn't Don John's, that it was Don and John's. And until this podcast, I didn't realize it was Don and John's wings. Like, that's the full name. Yeah, it is. But... I remember we went there, we had a good time, we had some wings. The wings were really good. I actually do like the wings, you know. It's got that authentic presentation where the Mm -hmm. wings are, you know, they are served to you like they would be served to you at a backyard barbecue. Mm -hmm. Where it's just, you know, it's a little paper plate and they bring you a tray and you eat it from there. But... I remember you went and you tried to get that sauce and they ran out and you looked like somebody kicked you like you were a puppy. Oof. You looked like Bambi looked when they shot her mom. You were just like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was really tore up about it. But I, but for all my list, for, for so you know now, I did get to try the sauce. It took me a lot of attempts, a lot, a lot of, lot of attempts. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I did get it. All it's right. How many attempts? Just, just give us a number. How many attempts? All right. A good 25. 20. Oh, that, this sauce is so good that John had to go there 25 times in order to get it. So, people, just keep that in mind. This sauce is so good. You have to get there early to get this sauce. It is that good. This man went there 25 times just to get that sauce, and he is not disappointed. I'm not. I'm not. That spice was on point. I'm talking about, like, the level of heat you're going to get, you have to be really, really ready to handle that heat because that heat is going to come quick i'm telling you like it feel like you, the the first bite you feel like the the texture of every of, of the sauce like the like its base its foundation you feel that but then as you get it it, it then starts like a build like a slow like a slow rise up to the, like you just had some hot stuff how do you feel right now and I know you feel sweating because your brim will not stop. Like, it was good, but man, I kind of wish I had some of it right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it was real good. Sweet. I would, if I had to, if I, okay, so if you're going to do this sauce, you should do it right. Do the sauce is justice. It's got like you can't just like request this sauce for I would say for anyone. I would say this is a sauce 
you have like for all you spicy kind of sauce out there, this is the sauce you want to use like when it's like your home team game. You know, like your favorite. This is your 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 loyal team. So if you're a Giants fan, for all you Giants fans who are spicy connoisseurs, this is our this is our sauce. This is your sauce for your you know your team. Moving on, and I definitely mean moving on. We're gonna head. I'm gonna take y'all on down to a little bit lower east side. This is called, this next spot is called the Grayson. Now, Kenny, you, you have to come with me to the Grayson because I tell you, this, the Grayson is, I would say, a awesome, like, sports bar because not only does it, like, do, uh, have good food, but they do a brunch. That I really, really liked. Ooh, I really, place? really liked. I had ordered a burger. I had ordered one of the breakfast burgers and fries with some um, waffle fries. And we also got a onion. Yeah, we also got an onion ring tower. I repeat, the onion ring tower, definitely, definitely a, a good look. If you get the... um the uh, breakfast burger and fries that that onion ring tower is, is, is a perfect compliment to it. And the um, breakfast nachos are good. Well, how big yeah, is the it. onion ring tower? Huh? How big is the onion ring tower? It's I'm not, I'm not going to exaggerate. It's, it's, pretty goodly big because they go like like on the bottom you got like the you got the nice big onion rings and then it really molds up on the levels you get like about I, from what i rem from what i remember it they put like maybe i would say about good portion of onion rings maybe like you'll get like uh 12 between like would say on mine was like it looked like about 18 rings on there okay that's a that's a nice amount of onion rings so. yeah oh tell me about it i mean and it's so good though like, but the onion tower is so good that's why i say it complements whichever you whatever you get because when you get to the top when you're at the top of it when you start from the top of it right it, it, like mm-hmm. you, you 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 start tasting like a, a the bigger the ring, the more good tasting, good flavor you're gonna get. Okay. So honestly, like... I wish they did a reverse reverse onion tower where they had the big one, the big onion rings on top. But you know, no, that that's not my place to uh, criticize. I mean, you know. Because I live my fat fantasies when I want to live them. (laughs) But when you say onion tower, like I'm imagining an actual tower made out of onions. So what they do, what they do is they take um one of those like ring cones, like the little metal ring cones. Yeah. 
and they tower, they put the amount of onion rings on that tower. So it's like, um, it's like when you get like a, how do I say it? It's like when you get the, uh, fry, the tower of fries in like that little metal cone thing. Okay. It's like that, but you got one little pole. And then they literally have it cover the whole top. Like, not whole, whole, to the point it's hard to hold. But, like, literally, it's a tower of onion rings. Like a pillar of onion rings. Okay. All right. And I, I, I got to say, it is really good. It is it is definitely delish. I, I would have ordered two, but, I, you know, I'm, I was trying not to be a... Uh, uh, you know, a glutton. I mean, I'm doing I think, my best. I mean, it is impressive how you're able to keep yourself in a reasonably decent shape while also having a food blog where you're tasting a lot of good heavy food. Yeah, like that's not easy to pull off. I'm aware of that, but but I mean, you got to give it up to these places. They do have, um, I know Don John, the Don John the Grayson, Don and John. Sorry, Don and John. This is this is wings. exactly and what I was talking about. You yes, call it Don yes, John, and so I was like Don and John's. Okay, but no, nah, but go on, go on. <laughs> um. So the thing that's so fortunate about that why I'm, I post these two restaurants at first is they also compliment if you want some healthy stuff, you know, like with Don and John's, I, I mean, it's a wing spot. So I know I could get me something like the lemon pepper wings, mm-hmm. which um you've had, Kennedy. Oh, yeah, I really did like the lemon pepper at Don and John's. All right. Like if I wanted to do, if I, you know, being that I'm watching my figure, I can get lemon pepper wigs that are on point and then say, okay, can I get like a side of carrots instead of fries? And I'm telling you just that, just that alone satisfies me. And for a while, I used to, I used, me and Kennedy used to always go to Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Oh yeah, we were posted up there. Something fierce. Yeah, they, 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 they knew us. Uh, like, like whenever we showed up for football season, it was family reunion. Yeah, it was. It was getting a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was. It really was. But thank, thank you, Don and Johns, for. Saving us. And also, thank you, the Grayson, for giving you the Tower of Onion Rings. Oh, man. I cannot... Thank you. No. no. Thank you on the highest, I gotta say, the Grayson, for the Tower of Onion. Because I went to the Grayson a while back on a bar crawl. And I had the... I had they had a um they had a special on the menu it was a uh, disco disco tots yes 
they had disco tots. And when I had those, and I'm telling you, if you ever do a bar crawl in New York and they have the Grayson on there, that list, make sure that is, depending your tolerance, your alcohol tolerance, you want to make sure you have that either as the, you, you attack that as the fourth spot to go to. So like, okay, I've done three bars. I should get something in my stomach if I'm going to do more. That's the spot you want to do because what they do, do when they do it for when they open up the Grayson for bar crawls, they take out mostly all the tables. They give you a little seating room in the front, and they have awesome food there. I'm, I'm. That's why I would, I would, I, I'm promoting it. I, I big up the Grayson because. I had my, when I seen that burger, Kennedy, I was just like, hmm, they call it the breakfast burger. I uh, see it's really, and, and I'm going to say this, and people could back me up if they've never tried this before, but for the first time I actually did it, I had a little bit, just a little bit of syrup with that burger. I didn't use no ketchup. I didn't use no ketchup. I just used a little bit of syrup. And from the first bite, I was like, yo, this is good. So definitely check out the Grayson, everyone, um, for their brunch. And you could go there regularly just to watch a game. Just to watch a game. Um, if you want to do like private events, um, they are open to that. Uh, for all my fantasy football leaguers, definitely check that out. If you're in the Lower East Side, the Grayson is a good look. And to close up, I will say All-Star Bar and Grill, everyone. Definitely also check out. They are located on 327 West 57th Street. And they started from a, the original bar and grill was Crocs Bar and Grill. And they, when what happened was they changed over management and changed the name to All-Star Bar and Grill. All the places that were in the original um, restaurant are still on the menu especially um, their burger. Now, their burger is the truth. What's the burger? Their, hmm? What's the burger? It's an all-star burger. It's an Angus beef burger. Uh, well, well-made, well-made. And I'm telling you, it is well-made. I thought when I had that burger, I thought I was, it was, I would say, it is a burger that's that could give perfect comparison to the Jackson and Hole burgers. If anyone I mean, has ever been to Jackson and Hole, that's a that's a very bold statement, there, John. Yeah, I mean, I would. I'm I'm very strict when it comes to my burgers. 
And at first, when the guy said, um, people were telling me, yeah, it's a really, really good burger. You, you, if you leave here not trying that burger, you're, you're, you are shortchanging yourself. And I was like, I mean, okay. Let's, let's see if the real hype is, the, is, is matching it. And I got to say, yeah, that I've been to, I go to a lot of sports bars and Kennedy knows. Before the pandemic, we went to a nice sports bar on, in the 80s, but it's, it's long, won't, we won't mention because it's, uh, it's closed down at the moment. Yeah, pandemic was tough. Yeah, pandemic was really tough. So I usually go for wings and sliders. I'm not really, a, I'm not really like, okay, I'm going to go have a burger. And watch a game. I mean, if it's basketball, more likely. But I usually look for wings. And All Star Bar and Grill had the wings. Bone had. I like the flavors they were bringing to the table. And I wouldn't say it gives Don Don and John a run for their money, but they're. They will compliment Don and John's. They 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 compliment like we're not as good as them, but you're not gonna leave un, you're not gonna leave here unsatisfied. You're gonna leave here satisfied. So definitely, guys, feel free to check out the Grayson All Star Bar and Grill and Don and John Wings. I was waiting for you to add that last part. Yeah, I, I really did. I, I, I was, because, I mean, man, like, I really hope this place um, goes back into um, franchising again and opens up a second location. But not just a second location. I want them to open up a third and fourth location. Well, I mean... The big thing about franchising and opening up locations, like, you know the difference between franchising for McDonald's and franchising for, mm-hmm. like, Chick-fil-A? Yes. Oh, by the way, there, the, um, I noticed there's now a Chick-fil-A on 31st, 31st Street and 3rd Avenue. I mean, it's okay. No, not 3rd Avenue, Park. Park Avenue, third, Park Avenue, yeah, thirty first Street and Park Avenue. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, John. I haven't had Chick Fil A in like a good two years. I, I'm actually just like I've actually not have gone to Chick Fil A since last year. Yeah, like I haven't gone reason, to Chick Fil A since last year. Yeah, like the reason I went. I haven't gone to Chick-fil-A is because, you know, I have friends in the LGBTQA plus community. And for all people who don't know about Chick-fil-A's very mm-hmm. interesting history with the uh, queer community in general, it's not great. Nope. So I remember I was working at a, uh, 
I was working at a job, I won't say uh, what, and this wasn't uh, anything recent. This was for like a contract work. And at this job during Pride, they had Chick-fil-A. Massive backlash from inside the company. Because, you know, people were actively bringing up Chick-fil-A doesn't support you know, the LGBTQA plus community. Right. And, you know, they were just like, hey, this is not cool. No, and, it isn't. You know, I, you know, I've talked to people and I've thought about it. And the big thing was I need to put my money where my ideals are. So, even though, you know, I remember Chick-fil-A and it did have some good food, I just haven't been ordering from there. Because if they don't align with my morals, then, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just not going to get food from there. I agree. I, I back you up on that. You know, but the reason I bring up franchising is because Chick-fil-A has a really interesting form of that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you need to put down less money for Chick-fil-A in order to franchise it. But the spots are so small because mm -hmm. unlike yeah. with like McDonald's, you have to put up like 250 grand and they'll give you a franchising. Yeah, I highly suggest anybody to look at the movie uh, The Founder. Yes, like, please do. Because a lot of that stuff that they talk about in that movie where they're like, McDonald's will own the land that your franchise mm -hmm. is on and then that's how they'll make a lot of their money. Yeah, it, they yeah. still do that today. You know, it's that's certain. the reason they're able to grow so big. Like they own very few actual franchises. Yeah. But yeah, like... Chick-fil-A, like, they only, I think the initial buy-in is, like, 20K. But they only allow so few people to actually own and run a Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I hope that, you know, I hope, really, I hope restaurants are successful. Yeah, because after the pandemic, it really took a real hit on some really good restaurants. Yeah. Like, really good restaurants. I mean, the, if, if you're new to this, uh, for all people new to the podcast, trust me, I'm not going to steer you short. And I, 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 I come, a lot of people can back me up on this. I will not steer you short when it comes to food. I will not steer you short. Ah, man. That's, that's why I wanted to join you on this podcast, because I know that when it comes to food, you do know what you're talking about. Yes. You know, but yeah. I, let's just hope that restaurants that give you good food, good service, and give out mm -hmm. a quality product, that right. 
they're able to be successful. Yes. You know, like that's that's the goal. We want restaurants and businesses to be successful if they are doing the right thing. Exactly. I agree. Yeah, I think all these restaurants are doing the right thing. Yeah, all of them. I I I, w- I mean I see like how restaurants just like the smallest one will start from just a regular takeout, and then that takeout spot branch gets another location and branches out to bigger and better things. But yeah, um, man. I really, 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 really want to jump into um, our topic of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I wanna, I wanna really jump into that as well. So yes. let's just jump right into it. So I'll lead in with this for everybody, right? And that is, me and John are big basketball fans, right? Yes. You know. I grew up watching the San Antonio Spurs. That was something that me and my dad really connected over. He wanted me to watch a team that he felt like you could look at their playbook. You can look at what they do and they will show you how to play basketball the right way. The big thing I loved about that team is that You know, the big thing I love about all sports is that it's something that everybody can get around because as a fan, you're just looking at it from, you know, my team and you're identifying with the people who are playing or the team or the symbol or the city, right? Right. Because it's all just one big piece of symbolism, sports at the end of the day. Yes. But... As you and I both know, that mm-hmm. for all the good that you can see in sports, right. there's also some bad that you can see in sports as well. Yes, there is some bad. You know, and there are times when the crowd becomes a little bit mm-hmm. too invested in the teams or the sports that they're watching. Yes. You know, we see it overseas with football where people will start, like, if the team is throwing bad, like, if the team is playing bad, they will start throwing things onto the field. Oh, definitely. We'll see see in areas where I remember in football there was a black player – and people were throwing banana peels onto the field or chanting monkey in the crowd. Yeah. Now, we're not saying this is all fans, but we are saying that this is a subset of fandom. You know, it exists everywhere. You know, as long as there are people who enjoy something, there Mm -hmm. will be people who enjoy that thing not only for a different reason but they enjoy it in a way that is very toxic and very unproductive so 
you know, in the first episode, we talked about the Untold series. You yes. Know? And the Untold series for Netflix, if you haven't seen it, it's a great series of sports documentaries. Yes, it is. Where it goes into a lot of different things that na- ha- that have happened in our timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, which are very, very interesting. Um, oh, very. And the first one we talked about was the Manti Teo documentary. Yes. You know, but that one was more of a story about one person in this phenomenon that we've seen a lot nowadays. Right. The other story, the one that we're going to talk about today, is what happens when fans get a little bit too invested and they mm-hmm. forget the line between fan and athlete. Exactly. You know, because at the end of the day, as much as I am a fan of the San Antonio Spurs, right. I'm simply a fan. I'm not right. out there on the court. I'm not demonstrably having an impact on the game. Nope. Nope. So... He- Because when you're a fan, you know, you have, when you're a fan, there's one thing you understand. These are, these, this is a team you've come to know and love, right? Mm -hmm. The same respect you would want them coming from them, like acknowledging you and, oh, hey, 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 um, Carmelo, hey, hey, D-Wade, hey, you know? You want them to acknowledge you, you got to be respectable in acknowledging them. Absolutely. Got to be respectable in acknowledging them. Absolutely. You know, and what we're going to talk about is one of the most polarizing events that ever happened in the NBA, which Mm -hmm. is the infamously... And we have to say infamous because at this point, if you are an NBA fan and you haven't heard about this, you're a very young NBA fan. Yes, you are. And that is. But don't, but don't, but do not feel, don't, don't feel any type of that you're, um, do not feel that. You being a you being an NBA fan is bad. It is not a young NBA fan. It's not bad. No, it's not. not it's not that you're a young NBA fan, so it's bad. But what it means is this is something that's happened relatively recently, where mm-hmm. it's happened within the last twenty years. So. Yes. Unless you really have very recently started, you would have heard about this, even if you've been just a fan for like a year or two. Right. So, and this incident, of course, that we're talking about is the malice at the palace. Yes, malice at the palace. You know, I mean, they gave this thing a name like they were talking about Ali and Frazier, like the rumble in the jungle. Word. You know, and honestly, I I mean, no, the rumble in the jungle was way bigger because that was an actual planned fight. This was 
unplanned. This was an un, this didn't this you did not expect. No, no, you didn't expect it. And I will say when you start out the documentary, like the one thing that they want you to know in that documentary is these are people. These mm-hmm. are not quote unquote thugs. These are not quote unquote uh what's the word? These are not hoodlums. Yeah, hoodlums or gangsters or anything like that. Or, are... or 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 um oh wait, there's one more, there's one more. Oh man. Um Well when you remember Gangbangers. There you gangbangers. Go. Uh so these people are none of these things. Nope. These people are professional athletes. Like they've mm-hmm. worked hard to achieve what they've gotten. They've pushed themselves through high school, through college, into mm-hmm. the league. And, you know, the simple fact is being an NBA player can change the entire trajectory of your family. Oh, yes, it can. You know. Like, being an NBA player can do amazing things where your family, if they were in poverty, could essentially never be in poverty again because one person in your family made enough money where they were able to uplift the rest of your family, where the prospects for your family have dramatically changed from now until generations later yeah so you know they start with that at the beginning of the the documentary and to me also the big thing that they have uh reminded all of us was how good those uh those that pacers team was because it was a pacers versus pistons game where the malice of the palace happened and I personally forgot how good that Pistons team was. Uh, Do you remember that Pistons team, John? I remember because I remember it very well. Because growing up, being being um being a Knicks fan, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know, I know, my team is. Doing their best, okay. We're doing our best, but we 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 are we are building, rebuilding, and sooner or later, watch y'all gonna be seeing the Knicks. I do have high hopes and expectations for my Knicks, so uh, just just bear with me. And to all my Knicks fans, go New York. This I. I watched when I watched Malice in the Palace. I was just like, I was looking at the um, the one thing I was seeing about that instance team. Wow, that was like, I mean, Ben Wallace, man, Ben Wallace alone was like he was monstrous. And the reason why I, I bring out Ben Wallace because when I started growing my hair out. That's what people and I play basketball when I was actually focused, not playing around, just focused about I wanted to get a W. People compared me to Ben Wallace because of my size and my height. 
It was like, yo, this dude plays like Ben Wallace. Okay. All right. I didn't know that people were comparing you to Ben Wallace. Yeah, I I I, I was trying to figure it. Yeah, people did. They could. It was either I got Ben Wallace. They would call me Baby Shack. Or, um, Jermaine O'Neal. Whenever I had my braids in. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I was really hoping for a tumble like once. Yeah, I don't. You don't look nothing like Dikembe Mutombo. But I, but I, I, I had, I had practiced the little no, 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 not in my house for like forever. How how many shots were you blocking, John? Okay, I'd say I, I, I okay, I get it at least a good five. A game. A game. Okay. I mean, if you were blocking five shots a game, then. Maybe you should have been called Matumba. At least five. I five a game. I mean, it wasn't like I got five one game and none the next. I, I got five. Yeah, that's what I meant. I asked if you got five a game, and you're like, yeah, uh, well, five, period. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with what I got. You know, I appreciate what I got. But to loop back on that, like Mm -hmm. the Pistons that year, the year of the Malice of the Palace, that was the year where they'd already won the NBA championship. So it wasn't a surprise that the Pistons were that good. The thing that I I forgot was how good the Pacers were. Because yes. that was when they, when Reggie Miller was still around his prime, mm-hmm. you know, because NBA players have two primes. They have yes. the prime that they have where they're at their physical peak, and then they have their mental peak, which mm-hmm. for people who don't like indulge in the sport, what that means is they know every single way how to maximize their body. And that's the second peak. Like, they're not at their physical peak anymore. But what they are at is they're at their playing peak where they know exactly what to do. They can maximize every single movement they do on the court to get the Mm -hmm. same results and to do it with less energy. Right. So for all people who um, are listening... And the best way you, the best way to, um, you got to see this documentary because they really, like Reggie Miller really explains that a lot in the documentary. I mean, yeah. He touches on that. Yeah, I mean, Reggie Miller does touch on how the team needed to get younger. They got younger. Mm -hmm. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals the year before and they lost to the Pistons. So, you know, this was already a heated rivalry going into this game. Word. But when they got to the game, and that's the thing, the Pacers were winning that game. Like, the Pacers would have won that game, and if that fight hadn't happened, we, the Pacers would have just won. Right. But, I mean, honestly, 
the way it started out, there's pushing, there's shoving, which happens in every single NBA game, especially during that time period. Um, Right. But then, you know, there's pushing and shoving, then they get in a group and they start, you know, pushing and shoving some more. Like kind of acting a little unprofessional, but keeping it, doing their best to keep it, you know, so no one gets gets fined for anything. Yeah, I mean, at that point, like before the actual fighting happens, honestly, it it could have been prevented. It could yes, have it been could've. prevented. And then Ron Artest, who's in the middle of it, because it's Ron Artest and Ben Wallace at first, then a couple other people get involved. The refs and the coaching staffs, they pull them apart. And Ron Artest starts laying down on the scoring bench. Mm-hmm. Which, which, to loop back to Ron Artest, I did not realize how much he was going through. I knew Ron Artest was going through a lot, but the things I didn't know... I didn't know that Ron Artest actually did have a therapist that he was working with during that time. Yeah, that that kind of shocked me too. Because like I knew he was like a um, when I seen Ron Artest play, I knew he 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 was a well what we used to call it um, yeah we used to have a term where where it was like you're very you're more aggressive. Well, I'm just going to level up to what we say now. I know he had a beast mode, you know? I mean, I always remembered that they would talk about Ron Artest and they would say Ron Artest is a hothead. That too. You know, but the biggest thing, the thing that really, that really shocked me was I always thought that the team just kind of ignored it because he's such a good basketball player. Right. So to find out that the team actually was trying to support him, like they did try and get him at least some level of mental health, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that changed my perception of the Pacers because I always put it down to the fact that, you know, you had this guy who didn't want to play, who was struggling with stuff, and the team did nothing. And, right. you know, what we find out from Ron Artest on the mouth is that, nah, the team was trying to help him in at least a limited capacity. Yeah. Now, now, we can talk about if it was enough. We can mention how it might not have been the most that they could have done or that the team could have done more. I'm more than open to mentioning those things and going into it but to me the biggest thing is that the team actually was trying so Mm -hmm. you know like Ron Artest laying down on the scorer's bench trying to calm down and then the cup yeah the beer can it was like its own character in all of this you know it was the defining turning point, the flashpoint, as it were. Mm-hmm. If that beer can, if that, well, actually, it wasn't a beer can. It was just a plastic cup with yeah. beer and ice in it. Yeah. If that wasn't thrown, 
the entire incident probably would have died there. Yes. The second it hit Ron Artest, it hit the wrong player at the wrong time, and Ron Artest lost it. He went up into the crowd. He thought he found the guy, but he actually only saw the guy next to him. So he starts fighting a guy in the crowd. The stadium completely goes bananas. He starts Mm -hmm. fighting guys in the crowd. They pull him out. Then a fan comes down on the court. Also, the guy that came down on the court, I'm going to be honest here. That dude had the worst advice in taking this documentary. Because I thought, I think he thought the documentary would make him look good. And it only makes him look terrible. Exactly. Like, the dude that came down onto the court, like, trying to fight Ron Artest, that dude looks terrible. Yeah, like, why? Yeah. I would, like, I mean, come on. I know myself. You don't fight no NBA player. I mean, it's not the... That's a pro athlete. I mean, it's not the fighting of the NBA player. It's why are you getting involved in a fight where the fight's broken up, it's over. Who are you coming to the defense of? Like, you're not coming to the defense of anybody. You're just being an a-hole at that moment. Exactly. Like, when he said, oh, they lost the loyal fan, I was just like, I'm pretty sure the Detroit Pistons are like, okay, we're happy to lose you. We don't mm-hmm. want you as our fan. I'm I'm yeah. I'm 100% certain that's what they that's what they're talking about. Yeah, the I fight mean... the fight goes out of control like yes. I thought the one part about that fight that was hilarious was when Jermaine O'Neal slid in and hit the dude with the punch. Oh. Yeah, but he dodged a bullet on that one, though. I mean, he did, but the way he slid in there, I was like, ooh, that's a baseball slide right there. Wow. Oh, yes. And that, I I forgot that part of the fight. But, yeah, Jermaine O'Neal flew in there to back up Ron Artest, and then the Pacers players are fighting the Detroit Pistons fans, and mm-hmm. it it goes crazy, right? But, but one thing stuck out, which, you know, I always heard growing up playing basketball, it, um, was when was Stephon, um, am I saying it right? Steph, Steph Jackson said. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson said, those are my brothers. I'm going with them through and through, you know? Yeah. We are a team. So like if if they go in, I'm I'm gonna back my I'm gonna back up my brother. I'm back my brother up. And I was like, Yeah. Tell them. You know? Mm-hmm. And the way that happened. When I looked at it, I was like, 
man, a lot of things could have been avoided. A lot of things could have been avoided. But the the um the punishment that went down, man, that was fierce. That was like I, I mean, I don't even know if fierce is a word. It, is fierce a good word to say to describe it or 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 would it or would you say it would be it was brutal? I would say more brutal, but I think fierce is a good enough term for it. Like Ron Artest lost the year. Uh, I think uh, Jermaine O'Neal had what thirty games. It was reduced. No, to... no, Jermaine was twenty-five. Uh, yeah, Jermaine was twenty-five. Stephen Jackson was thirty. Yeah, yeah, Jackson you know. was thirty. Uh, Johnson got a couple games. Anthony Johnson, Ben Wallace got six. You know, mm-hmm. Reggie Miller, who wasn't even playing that game, got a game. Because he was on the court trying to pull Ron Artest back. That, that's why, like, you got somebody trying to de-escalate, and you're going to punish him too? Yeah. That Does that, like, I work security. I know, I know there's a different, but, like, you have someone de-escalating a situation. How does... DS what what makes de-escalating wrong? You know? That's a great point. What makes de-escalating wrong? Like I'm looking at that. He's de-escalating. You're gonna hit him too? Hey. Wow. I was just shocked. Yeah. And I think the only reason that also it got so out of hand is because of the media reaction to it. You know, where a lot of people were reacting, saying, these guys are thugs, these guys are criminals, these guys are hoodlums, these guys are unprofessional, you know. and Like, you don't even know these people, yet you're saying you're a fan of the game. You're a fan of the game, and... When I first heard this, right, the Miles and Pals back in um, 04 when it occurred, I was, mm-hmm. my opinion of it, I was like, what's the big thing? We, we fight all the time when we play street ball. I mean, yes, they're professionals, you know, but I don't, I didn't, I honestly didn't feel that there was a suspension in to the be um the way they um suspended everybody i mean they could have been a little more lenient you know i mean lenient to who okay so like i think they could have been lenient one one i feel they should have been a little lenient on how they Got did Jermaine O'Neal and Jackson. I don't think Jackson should have got thirty. You know, I mean, I I think the only reason it got that big is because David Stern was confronted with media situation and he decided I'm going to go big rather than go small because if I go big, no one's gonna talk about it after that. 
you know, he followed, like he I, followed. I, I yeah. I see where you're coming from there. I, I see where you're coming from there. Because if, if, if he had did, I, I think maybe if he did attack it the way people who probably share my opinion, they would have, const- he would have constantly been getting a lot of backlash from it. Yeah, I think David Stern followed the idea of if I do too much, they'll always wonder if I do if I did too much. Right. However, they'll forever know if I didn't do enough. Right. You know. Like David Stern was like, "Oh, the league is in this flashpoint, so I'm going to do a punishment so big that nobody can tell me that they weren't punished. Like, if anybody comes to me and says, after this punishment, these guys weren't punished enough, everybody will look at them and say, there was no more that they could have, that could have happened. You know? Like, anything further would have been so oversized that nobody could have justified it. Right. You know? And the fans got off light, but to me, at the end of it, when it's all said and done, to me, the two biggest victims were, you know, Reggie Miller Mm -hmm. and Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, because, I mean, like, when um, in the beginning you hear Jermaine O'Neal say, yo, I want my locker next to Reggie Miller. Mm -hmm. And the one thing he talked about, he was like, because I know this guy can pass on to me good leadership. And I was like, yo, that's, that's, that's how it, I feel that's that that was literally a model play. Like Reggie, Jermaine O'Neal was that model play that the Pacers needed. You know, I mean, to, I don't to get the ball rolling. I mean, I don't think that Jermaine O'Neal was the model player. What I think is with Jermaine O'Neal, that team that. Pacers team, that's what I was talking about. They were so good mm-hmm. that the suspensions essentially killed any chance of them being good. Because mm. after that, Ron Artest went. He later on got a championship with the Lakers. Steven Jackson already had a championship from the Spurs. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Ben Wallace, he already had a championship from the year before. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that Pacers team, it's the biggest case of what if. If the malice of the Palace didn't happen, would the Pacers have been NBA champions the next year? Right. That's things that we'll never know. We will never never know. know. We'll never know if the Pacers could have beaten the Pistons in next year's playoffs and gotten to the championship. We will never exactly. know that. You know. Actually, hold on a second. 
because the only thing I do want to remember is that remember the Pistons that year mm-hmm. during the Malice of the Palace. Right. That year they went back to the NBA championship. Yes, they did. And they lost to the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. So would the Pacers have had a better shot against the San Antonio Spurs? Maybe. I don't think they would because the Spurs would have still waxed them like they waxed the Pistons, but that's just me. (laughs) But the Pacers never even had a chance after those championships. No. Like, they went from the Eastern Conference finals then, and then do they... The next time they get to an Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think they even get to an Eastern Conference Finals until, like, the 2010s. Oh, yeah. And maybe not even that. Yeah. I I would literally have to look into their playoff record to Mm -hmm. see when's the last time the Indiana Pacers have gotten to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Because I don't even remember. I, you know what? I can't even pick, put, put, on, put my finger on it myself. Because, I mean, the last time I remember, the last time I remember, they hadn't even gotten to the... Uh, the last five years, they haven't gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know that for certain. That's a fact. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think the Pacers have even gotten back to the Eastern Conference Finals since that time. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, it completely changed the trajectory of that team. It sure did. And there are so many different things that could have happened. Oh man, I, you know what? I think one of the things I really uh, I want to say that probably it probably it probably would have made a difference if they had maybe more security at that game. And I'm not just talking about like the stadium screen. I'm talking about um, if they had more cops at that game. I don't think the cops would have had a big difference in that game. But I do want to remind you, security then was a lot lighter than security is now. Yeah, it was oh, way lighter back then. Like, back then, they might have had three or four guys. Now, stadiums usually run with, like, teams of, like, 20, 30 guys on the court alone. Yeah. You know? I mean, now, you try and do something, the stadium security will tackle you before you even get involved with the play. Right. You know, but... I mean, the untold story is great. 
the Untold and, series itself is phenomenal. And we find and we get to see all the footage. Yes, we get to see all the footage. All the footage from that situation. So in my opinion, if you're still having listened to this and you're still not sure, do yourself a favor. Watch the documentary mm-hmm. and just make your own decision. Right. Like see and what I was gonna say, um if you're looking for a good spot to watch that documentary, definitely if you're a spice connoisseur, you definitely want to go to Don and John. Yeah, Wait. I don't think I don't think Don and John's nowadays is gonna be showing Netflix documentaries. No, no, like if you're just no, you can watch it on your phone, I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 uh, when I, when I was reviewing, um, the restaurants, one thing I did do was I, while I had my phone, I was waiting, I was in between courses, I turned on the, um, Malice in the Palace. Okay. And I, I, in, honestly, I say, I would say, I'm going to say this. The I had the lemon pepper wings with the um, homemade uh, sauce. Man, I I I I loved it, but it it was like my focus. With that, it, it 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 made me think more, pay more and more attention to what was going on with the whole situation. Okay. Well, I would heard. say I would say it felt like a, a competition in my mouth. The lemon pepper wings <laughs> was the was the Detroit Pistons, right? Okay. And the um, home sauce was the Indiana Pacers. And man, it really brings me to, like, it, it really brought me to really thinking, like, if that situation didn't happen most definitely the Indiana Pacers would have won that you know won what no would have been able to take the win that day with no with no consequences or nothing like no fighting or anything okay it would have been like like how they said the malice in the palace, that would have been like I think they could have changed that up to like the level and energy the Indiana Pacers were bringing 
to Detroit that day. Because they was bringing some energy, man. They was okay. like, you, like, Steven Jackson was like, and he said it. Yo, when Ben Wallace had his, in, you know, his intro, he was like, oh, you're going down. Like, I was, this has been times I've even said that. And I was like, you know what? I agree with you on that one. I'm All the right. same way, brother. Nah, I get you. I'm uh, the same way. But yeah, that that's how that's how that's what I experienced. And okay. I definitely well, highly I, I put when I rate that um documentary, I gave it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yep, if I had to go absolutely. with my animated self, yes, like Hades from Hercules, two thumbs way up. Definitely check out. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I guess on that note, we'll make sure to uh, not cause any fights within fans because right. we love you guys. And yep. uh, John. Tell people where to find you. So, everybody, you can find me on Instagram at FatManLoveAnimeNYC21. Feel free to um, hit me up, message me. Let me know if you, um, if you, let me know if you've checked out any of the restaurants that I posted about. Feel free to give me your opinion about the restaurant also if um you wanna you wanna rest you wanna know of a restaurant that i may have not have posted yet feel free to hit me up we'll go there together all right and uh if you want to find me uh the answer is please don't i actually <laughs> like my privacy but if you do want to find the podcast Yes. You can always find us on Spotify. Uh, you can find us, you can email us at twosidespodcast at gmail.com. That's two sides, T W O S I D E Z, podcast at gmail.com. You could also find us on Instagram. And yeah, John, uh, I will catch you later and I will make sure that the next time I throw a beer, in the air, I'm toasting to you. Yes.